What is going on, everybody? It is episode 257 of Pop Culture Crisis. I was told not to screw up this intro, so that's what I'm doing. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, crisis actors. Welcome to Popular Culture Crisis. I messed it up. I did mess it up, but I messed it up internally. I was supposed to say welcome to popular There's a lot of pressure today. Uh, How are you doing, Mary? (laughs) I'm good. I'm calm. That's what I'm Collected. I'm going for calm here today, guys. I'm going to be less manic, I promise. (laughs) We have a guest host today. Would you introduce yourself, sir? Hi, I'm Wesley. I'm back. (laughs) See, you can be manic if you want. Why is this turning into ASMR? No, 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 none of that. Uh, uh, NPR ASMR. Oh, my gosh. That that might be the worst idea in the history of the world is NPR (laughs) ASMR. So, guys, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about today. We are going to talk about how nothing matters. The Flash is having fantastic screenings, and they're moving up the release date because it looks to be so great. Someone in the chat said it's very fitting for a movie like The Flash to show up sooner than expected. To be fair, they're like eight years behind when it was supposed to come out, so they're going to be late either way. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Jennifer Lawrence saying my favorite quote in all of 2022, and this year is almost over, so that's impressive. Uh, We're going to talk about the media. They have their opinions on Avatar, and it's pretty much exactly what you'd expect. Uh, Jenna Ortega is under fire for putting everyone's health at risk just to do her job at work. How dare she uh, with her COVID diagnosis? We are also going to talk about Mindy Kaling and her discussion about how she believes, and she's probably right, that you wouldn't be able to make The Office today because every single character would be canceled. Do you agree? Yes, no? Uh, I agree, but we're going to address the counter-arguments. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you are ready, Mary, we will get right into it. Are we ready? Of course. Wesley, are we ready? Ready. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, that we're, uh, now that we're done with the fun part of the intro. So it says, <laughs> Ezra Miller's The Flash is being called as good as Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow. I want to see some sources on that one, guys. That is, uh, that is a bold statement to make, considering it was beloved by fans and critics altogether. I thought you meant it was bold to say that Spider-Man No Way Home was good. No. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it was love. Would you say that? That it's good? Yeah. That's right. No. About No Way Home? No. no. Good, maybe not good, but fun? Yes. Okay, that's a yeah. fair... I mean, it's a I poorly like it. made movie, I, but it had a lot of moments that I was like, oh. Okay, I need to ask, what was yeah. what was poorly made about it? Well, it's, I don't want to get into a diatribe here, because I will, but... Uh, no, diatribe. We love yeah. diatribes. We love here. diatribes. Uh, I just think it had nothing going on other than the thrills. Like, very little. I mean, most of those yeah. movies should be thrills if they're not going to yeah. try to do more. Frills, sorry. Oh, frills. Frills, oh. yes. Like the, all, like the, all filler, no The nostalgia. Killer. Yeah, yeah. The nostalgia aspects. But uh, there was, like, I could, I would need to think a little bit yeah. more to have the points. But yes, I didn't think it was a very well-made movie. Uh, as fair. many, I loved it. I but mean, it, I, it made a lot of money, though. It did, and yeah. I think that the Flash could be poised to to blow Black Adam out of the water. It just proves that nothing matters anymore. So it says the upcoming frequently delayed Ezra Miller movie, and it is frequently delayed, ladies and gentlemen. The Flash is at the same level of quality as the 2021 film Spider-Man: No Way Home, as Wesley would say. Maybe that's under contestment. So you haven't mm. seen it yet, yeah. according to those who've been who have seen the unreleased film. Now, my main problem with this is one thing: Warner Brothers does more than anything else they love the like hype package like <laughs> I, I still remember 
like when Batman vs Superman was being promoted, they're like, it got a standing ovation from the executives on mm. the Warner Brothers lot. Uh, when clearly yeah. that wasn't true because they cut like half the movie yeah. out. Uh, and so the first thing I think is, is this is a hype package and they might even do this like whether it's a good movie or a bad movie. They might have no problem just being like, it's a train wreck. And, and maybe then people are like, should I go see the, the train wreck? But any publicity mm -hmm. is good publicity. We do need to take test screenings uh, with a grain of salt and like the sentiments that come out of it. First of all, to account for the bias of people who feel special from getting early access. But... Secondly, because of examples like I found today, I saw that Eric Davis actually reported that Batgirl test screenings got a, the exact same relatively low score from early viewers mm -hmm. as Black Adam and Shazam Fury of the Gods both got during their test screenings, yeah. yet the latter two were approved for a theatrical release and mm. the first one was scrapped entirely. So it doesn't seem like all that meaningful of a metric anymore. No, it doesn't. This is uh, this is some of the Twitter responses. It says the Flash being compared to Spider-Man: No Way Home, which was the biggest movie, which was one of the biggest movies of all time, is not bad company. That would be a big turning point for the DCU. Uh, it wouldn't be the new era because this movie was made. They say the new era begins, but this wasn't wouldn't be the new era. This was produced under the Walter Hamada regime long before James Gunn took over. But the other thing that I thought was funny is yesterday we, we went on a long talk about Balenciaga and there's no protests and nobody cares. I can't wait to hear we, your take now. We are in a bubble here, right? We know what is going on. The average person doesn't care, doesn't know. Like I said yesterday, they're taking their kids to soccer practice. They're taking their daughter to or ballet recitals. The average person doesn't know that Ezra Miller showed up at some lady's house mm -hmm. wearing a cowboy outfit trying to be a predator to their child. Mm -hmm. They don't know they don't care. And there's so much more that even yeah. I have memory hold after we've both been covering Ezra Miller's antics for months and months now. Maybe that's the point. It's like literally to just so much of it just is insane. saturate all of the it. headlines yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've seen some people questioning it on Twitter at least. One person yeah. tweeted, why can't they just cancel this yeah. movie because of Ezra Miller? He's so problematic. And honestly, I think Warner Brothers has no idea what they're doing. As far as putting someone this unstable on an official press tour for the movie. That that's better. true. They have no idea what they're doing, putting Wait, this person on camera. He's on going on the well, press tour. No, well, doesn't they, he have to? No, he's no, the star. No, they, they've, they've said that they can work around it. That. Would be, yeah. It would be, of course, yeah. bizarre for him not to do press for this movie. I mean, it's funnier if he does it and they it make It draws a more attention to the fact that he's a problem child if he weren't on any press appearances for this movie, right? Or how about this? What they do is they, they play a gag where they're like, he was just here, you didn't see him. He must already <laughs> be on his way to the next chess screening and they just do the bolt thing where like a, right. a, a, like a, like a well, puff of And, a puff and what of are the co-stars supposed to do if and when they are asked yeah. about working with Ezra Miller and his history, yeah. which is now made mostly public, it's not really fair to expect them to answer for his scandals yeah. either. So the movie's coming up Father's Day weekend. They bumped it up to June 16th of 2023. And I wanted to look at some of the... Oh boy, the, can't wait. One yes. week. <laughs> um, I wanted to look at... Uh, to. Uh, to do this so these are the other things that are coming out at that time so it comes out the 16th this this hasn't been updated yet it still says
says it's coming out the 23rd. Uh, but we've got the week before that is Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I'm actually fairly excited to watch Popcorn Flick. I know a lot of people kind of are annoyed by it. Uh, we've got Spider-Man Across the Universe the week before that. Mm-hmm. And then we've got The Little Mermaid the week before that. That's May in Fast and the Furious 10. Hopefully Hannah Claire is done. We by are going to have a ball. Comes out on May 9th. Yeah, uh, this is this is a good month for 2023 blockbusters. is going to be better than 2022. Yeah, and then so that what you have there is then you have the week after that is an untitled uh, Lionsgate movie coming out on the 23rd. That was when the Flash would have come out before. Then Indiana Jones comes out June 30th. So they're giving themselves at least a little bit of a window. Uh, maybe they see Transformers: Rise of the Beast as easier to take on than as Indiana Jones Five mm. uh, or whatever. Uh, so uh, they, they have I a lot of... I think definitely, based yeah. on the reception that we saw for fun? the Transformers movie yeah. and yeah. like the comments saying they don't want to see Ron Perlman in it. Yeah. So not just that. I was looking, like, we've got a good... Like, next year has got a lot of fun stuff that yeah. we're going to see. So l- listen to some of these. So Guardians of the Galaxy is in May. I'm just going to start in May because that's kind of the, be- the unofficial begin of the summer season. Someone say June. So you've got Guardians of the Galaxy on May 5th. You've got Fast and the Furious 10 on May 19th, The Little Mermaid on May 26th, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which is actually a highly loved, that first Spider-Verse movie is, is almost universally loved. Mm. Uh, then you've got Transformers, then you've got The Flash, Indiana Jones, and then right after that, a couple of weeks, you've got Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning in mid-June, mm. and then Oppenheimer and Barbie in the same weekend on the 21st, so we'll probably have to see both of yeah. those. We would probably see what? Barbie on Thursday and in Oppenheimer on Friday or the other way around. Maybe it makes more sense to see Oppenheimer on we'll, Thursday. We'll cross that bridge when we, when we get come to, to it. it. Okay. So both the of girlies those, are going to win. Yeah. And then, and the, yeah, I don't have a say in it, folks. <laughs> uh, then you've got uh, the Marvels. I mean, not that that's something to be excited about, but that does come out uh, on July 28th. And then the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is coming out on August 4th. I didn't even know that was being made because unless they're making uh, The Last Ronin, I don't want to hear about it because that's the movie that they should be making. Uh, so, oh, The Meg 2. Did you see The Meg? Oh my gosh, I when did. did I announced? slept through a whole yeah. hour of Everyone it. Everyone <laughs> loves that movie because it's so stupid. It's it was, be... no, no, I hated it. Yeah. Um, I slept through like half of I it. I remember, it was so I did see it. I remember thinking that it didn't like lean far enough. Yeah, like it was like go the all not way, ridiculous yeah, yeah. enough. Yeah, not ridiculous enough. So what would <laughs> this not is like, Jaws like enough? they changed it halfway through the movie and they're like, oh, let's be funny, and there was like oh. a, a cross tone. I don't know. What we're learning is that what these studios are doing is uh, the smartest thing you can do is ride out the bad press because they understand how quickly our news cycles are and how uh, basically kind of forgetful most people really are and they, and they are so think about this james gunn remember he got in trouble for his uh questionable tweets disney fires him he goes and works for dc and then disney just quiet and then disney just quietly hires him back a couple mm-hmm. of months later uh they i think they've really learned that they have to do the kind of like people do their performative outrage they have to do their performative guilt and performative yeah. apologies. And what's Accountability fun- ends where profit begins. Yes. Nobody, it ends up just being all performance and nobody at all ends up being in any way, shape, or form sincere or punished. And Ezra Miller will suffer no consequences from this. To be fair, we're going to end up going to see it. I mean, yeah, still, I don't think that we're supporting Ezra Miller just by seeing The Flash yeah. and reviewing it. But oh, well, we can only hope that if people are watching, they, they choose to watch the show and hear us review it rather than go see it themselves. And maybe we... He's just low that. profile enough of an actor that yeah. he can kind of get away with this. See, I don't even know if that's true. I think any... like Nowadays, I just feel like people are not... 
they're not connected the same way we are. Like not in the same context, right? Mm-hmm. And they're the outrage just dies instantly. Well, he got liberal chicks on Twitter to thirst after him and make fan cams of him. Ugh. I mean, remember when he choked the woman in Iceland? I literally saw people reposting that video saying I wish that were me. Yeah. Like no. it's psychotic the the well, way people will defend male feminists these days. Those are the same women though. In another generation they would have been the ones who went to visit serial killers in prison. You think? <laughs> Probably. That would be my guess. Uh, and then Blue Beetle comes out on August 18th, and then you go, what? You're not. And then Equalizer three on September 1st. Let's go! I love Denzel Washington. Uh, I mean, he's going to be pretty. Like, what if he's in like a wheelchair? Like he's, he's not that old. He's getting. Uh, I mean, action hero old. Yeah. He's he's at, at the Liam yeah. Neeson age yeah. now. And then Expendable four in September. Expendables 4. That's never a thing. It. Never seen an Expendables uh, Never? Any of them? Never. Oh, you have to see the Expendables movies. I think there. we're finally yeah. crawling back from the COVID oh, box no. office. What is he? 67. What? Denzel. I said, what is he? Yeah. 60? He's, he's 67. Getting, yeah, he's getting up to, up to his 70s. So yeah. what would Ezra Miller have to do to just disappear? Is that even possible? I don't, I, I don't think there's even going to be a press junket for this movie. You think they'll Nothing? Just cancel. They'll just yeah. skip it. Yep. What, yeah. like, I what don't do you, know how you can get away with that. So okay, so then what do you do? Do you just you double down on the advertising and yeah. skip the press tour? Yeah, I think so. Because you can save. Do you save money by yeah. not doing the press tour and then uh, double down on like digital ads? Yeah, ad yeah, or or don't and and let let what happened may you have to release this movie like yeah. you're saying about Twitter people like why don't they just cancel it it's like that's a dumb idea yeah. like that is of a course. Bad, an objectively terrible idea yeah. it's not going to happen but that's and from people who don't understand the stakes of well, the money right. that's been spent right. or the, there's also what a million other people that not a million but you know what I mean like uh, uh, multitudes of other people who worked on this that are not him yeah uh-huh. you know like who- who deserve to have their out just yeah. as much also, or more, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. They he's already be. been paid. There's no going yeah. back on paying him for his work, whether it goes to screens or not. I right. also hate the, like, uh, I, I find the moralist approach to Hollywood. A lot of times in that respect, kind of un, it's, it's not really plausible. Like I can applaud it. I can applaud the idea that you be, that you boycott it, but it's not the real world. It's not what ends sure. up happening. I don't want Ezra Miller to succeed, but it's like the sad fact is uh, they can do a cost benefit analysis, figure out who knows what, how many people are like, how far does this information penetrate into the general public? Yeah. And if they don't know, like think about like times when we go back to stories we've covered and names don't always come to you right away. Mm-hmm. He is just low profile enough that it yeah. just really doesn't matter. I'm seeing another sentiment right now pushing back on the positive test screenings. Uh, And Brett, as the resident accused DC fanboy here, I would like your reaction to it. So a lot of people are saying uh, The Flash is going to be better than the Snyderverse. And then other people are saying that uh, the so-called Snyder bots are crying in their mother's basements right now. Another person said, imagine having nothing better to do than hate on a movie because it has nothing to do with Zack Snyder. Well, I don't know if they're doing that. Or Snyder just... fanboys yeah. are first going to criticize everything, and then when it becomes a success, pretend like it's their father making movies. Well, technically, they would be able to get at least some credit because the Ezra Miller's Flash was cast by Zack Snyder's in Zack Snyder's universe, so he would at least have a tangential connection. Stolen to it. Valor. Plus, they're going. Yeah. Plus, they're going to to. There, there's all the talks about um, 
uh, about rebooting everything and using the Flashpoint storyline to, yeah. to reboot everything there. That there's no Superman in this movie. It'll be Sasha Calais' Supergirl. Mm. Uh, uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see just how deep this goes. Because that's the problem with the connected universes, right? Like, uh, you couldn't pay me to have to figure all this stuff out. There's a great uh, TikTok of a guy who's like, hi, James Gunn, welcome to your first day at DC. And they give him this like laundry list of things he needs to accomplish. And it's like this long. Uh, and it's like, imagine having to be responsible for all that. And any one decision goes wrong. You're in a, a, a subculture that's full of people that are very, very opinionated and passionate about this stuff. I wouldn't want, like you couldn't pay me enough to do that. When Kevin Feige got hired to do that, it was a far different media landscape than it is now. Yeah. I also see feel like James Gunn is the right guy to say, like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like that, hand me that and throw it out and yeah. say, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. But I still don't see yeah. him as like... He did it with the Suicide Squad. You know what I mean? Like, I still don't see him as an executive. I see him as a, as a creative. And I would rather you find... I don't know who it would be. Who is the person that uh, ends up being really good at being both a creative and, you know, creating creative endeavors and being a businessman? I... I think he's both. I yep. think you need the person who's both. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, and he hasn't had the opportunity yet. That's not even true. You know, like as much as I didn't really love um, Brightburn, mm. I thought that. Proved, oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That proved that he can find talent. He yeah. has unique ideas. You know what I mean? Because that was like co-written by him and the director. I can't remember the director. Right? See, I always thought it's that, that, like, it's funny because that would have been like somebody was talking about how that should have been put into the Unbreakable Universe with. Uh, oh, yeah. Wouldn't that have been interesting That'd if that had ended yeah. in there with uh, Split and Glass? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like that that to me shows that he wants to do whatever DC is doing outside of the box. Yeah. Not, not copy Marvel, even though he came from Marvel. Like, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I would rather like, I still wish they would just never have connected any of it and just done DC. standalone. Yeah. 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 Just didn't standalone everything. Yeah. Or, or if you have like, I don't hate the idea. I know they hate it. The idea of there being like a connected universe and then these like Elseworlds stories. I'm yeah. fine with all that. Well, yeah. I know that other people hate it. Eric July hates that, you know, it's yeah. like, but like sometimes you need to change things up to tell the most interesting story. Uh, well, what was it? What, what would he have preferred it to be? That they're all connected. They're all connected. Oh. Yeah. See, I, I don't think the movie and, universe and needs perfectly it. in canon with every comic book. Yeah. Well, like, that's, I don't, that's that's a pipe dream in this yeah. day and age. He's like, he, he's right. That would be preferable, right? But it's not. Uh, it it's would, not just wouldn't be interesting to me. The, you never get a Gotham by Gaslight or something like the. That. Well, there I is like the the Gotham by Gaslight animated movie. I know what I'm saying. Yeah. If every if every yeah. comic and movie for a certain character is in canon, you never get a Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, and I love some of those. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, those Gotham stories, like especially those the you don't get the long movies. Halloween either. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of that's really really good. So uh, right. we got a criticism in the chat. Okay, go for it. They say, <laughs> wasn't PCC saying the opposite of this a month ago regarding our opinions on Ezra Miller staying in the Flash yeah. or the Flash going to theatrical release? I okay. I what I'm saying is that I don't find it plausible to believe that the, that type of morality actually makes a difference. Would I prefer this movie didn't come out? I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I don't like, may, like maybe I'd still prefer to see it like, for the spectacle. Like, honestly, I'm kind of evil there. There I'll, I'll take the own on that one. Like maybe that was my position <laughs> yeah. back then, but like, maybe it's just like times passed and I'm a little bit more like jaded. Like, no, no. Maybe it's like, there's so much going on. We have on. other battles to fight. Well, there's been so much going on. That's been so depressing that, mm. uh, and like, yeah, like it's like, it's easier to be outraged. And maybe that's a fault of my own when you're reading the articles, when they're fresh, Right. Yeah. And you're like, okay, like this is very abhorrent. I can't believe he did this stuff. Mm. 
and uh, most even of now it, I've blocked most yeah. of the details out. Well, let's think about what was it? It wasn't just the the the, the holding the woman yeah. by the throat and choking. Well, there's also somebody. like throwing the sleeping chair. in the same bed in the same hotel room as a girl who's fourteen. Yeah, okay. And giving yeah. her drugs. Like, it would and be talking to a twelve-year-old <sighs> saying, "I'm going to give you a fashion career." Like uh, weird yeah. stuff. Without the ability, yes, to... but like, like, does Hollywood care about? No, they don't. No. You know the safety. Of, or well-being of children. Yeah. No, they would rather probably tell you that um, you're a bigot who hates non-binary trans people yeah. if you don't watch this movie. It is interesting that they're not using that as the shield here, that they're just... No, it's just such to, an obviously egregious yeah. example um, of someone using their identity as a shield yeah. that I think they're not willing yeah. to go there. But, like, I'm sure some people are deranged enough to think so. Chat might be right on this one. I could be like, maybe I'm just having a day. Maybe I we're know, dishonest I don't think they are right. The only difference between The Flash and every other movie is you know that somebody in this movie did these things. True, yeah. true. And, like, it's always are, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there are movies, like, post facto, like, people still watch K-Pax, or oh, that's a horrible example, but, like, yeah. Seven, right? You still yeah. watch Seven. That's, uh, maybe it's different. Maybe yeah. it is unfair to say, like, it's different to... Uh, knowingly do it when it's a new movie as opposed to being okay with watching it when it's an old movie. Yeah. But it's just, no, that like my point is that like every movie is going to have people like this because this is what this industry is. is yeah. a bunch of pervs, but it also is not just him. Like yeah. there are a lot, this is a lot of people's first movie, yeah. like the first movie they ever worked on. And he, he may be the star. He's the face. He's yeah. whatever. Use it as an opportunity to change him. I, I, you probably covered it, but weren't they talking about replacing him with George Mackay? Anyway, like, that's like, I remember like a, that. Like, like, do I, that. It's not like I'm going to go into the movie and come out of the movie liking Ezra yeah. Miller. No. F no. Like, no. that's never going to happen. Not in a million years. Some other people's brains might work yeah. that way, actually. True. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but they're, they're, whether this movie comes out or not, they're going to be that way. Yeah. Know? Like, this, this is still a product that, like, I think should see the light of day in spite of him. You know, yeah. like, Why? we're going to release this movie like, we because just, other people worked on it. Like, we were yeah. just about this to is cover other this. people's career on the line. We were just about to cover this other story with uh, Miss Marvel, was it? Where this actor on that show was recently oh. found out to be or grooming. Accused of or grooming, accused a, a, 15 of year grooming old girl. a 15-year-old girl. And it's like, are we just going to take that show off yeah. off of uh, Disney Plus then? or what's... Well, they didn't even get rid of Kevin Spacey's seasons from House of Cards mm-hmm. because no way. They were never going to do that. That's that just not how the business to, works. It's not how right. the business but it, works. I find that to be short-sighted, and that's a virtue signal. Like, we're going to take it down. It's like, But we're still going to employ so many other people who behave exactly the same way correct. and overlook it. It's yeah. not that correct. we don't like the behavior. It's that we don't like that we got caught. Yeah. yeah caught yeah. doing it. So, hey, look. On any given day, I will fully admit that, like, given whatever mood I'm in, I might be more indignant one day than I am another. But today's just one of those days where it's like, I can't take it. Like, yes, he is an absolute scumbag. Yeah. But I don't know if the other actors and actors in that movie, actresses in that movie are scumbags. Sure. Uh, and, or the and, and, grips and, or the, you know, all or, of those people. And think about this. Okay, so, say, yeah, say not even, to, not even to mention, like, the people behind the scenes, the actual unsung heroes yeah. of the industries. But if there's a breakout performance from another actress in that movie, doesn't she or he or they or whatever deserve <laughs> the right? Or is he to, or is her? Or uh, don't they have the right to have their work seen and maybe their career gets boosted? did uh, and then you boost the career of somebody who isn't a complete uh, psychopathic piece of garbage like it mm-hmm. sucks that they're in it but that's the past yeah. and we can't really get pat we can't get through that yeah. until we until we get done with it and like Mary said there is a certain amount of slow motion car crash 
that that is that is part of going to watch a movie like yeah. this. When we just, just love like, a good popular culture crisis. I to will watch <laughs> sidelines. I, guys. I think a good argument for not releasing this movie is just. It seems like God doesn't want it to happen. Yeah. Like, he's like, like, it was supposed to come out before the show 20, started. It was 2016. It? it was supposed to come oh, out. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, so it was announced before yeah. the show premiered yeah. and now the show is over. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's insane. And let's face it. Like when, it, when it comes to a movie like this, like Ezra Miller's going to keep working. He, he was an indie dude beforehand. You'll be an indie dude yeah. afterwards if he needs to, but the he most privileged does. and protected class in the world yeah. is the the indie yeah. soft boy. Yeah. Well, also think about this. Like, what if it is like he's like, what? I'm thinking of like the catch 22. Like this is like this. Like, I mean, like imagine like a superhero movie that has that level of a breakout performance. But he gives like the performance of a lifetime mm. and it's absolutely incredible. And nobody can really make it that just because the movie like it's problematic to them to make mm. the guy who's an absolute psychopath uh, and reward they can't reward him for that reward the director then yeah yeah reward yeah. the director for drawing that performance the one who drew yeah. that performance yeah. out of him yeah, yeah. all right Let's good go to director Super Chats. Yeah. great director potatoes for Seamus said Wesley the Incredible and Mr. Brettman and Mary <laughs> That's hi what we that's us. Tacti Platy said, "Need a booster gold movie with Skeet roasting him." Uh, look, I've been. I tried to watch some of the other the other animated stuff recently. The newer stuff that has what's up? It's the stink bug. Ah, stink first. bugs. Everybody, everybody here reacts differently to the stink bugs. I always think stage. spider first, ah, so that's why. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and man, those those newer animated movies are so bad. Are they? Like, yeah. Thousand Foot Deep End said, someone please tell Hannah Claire she's getting her wish. Mike Rowe has made an initially uh, Instagram post about the Shark Week article. Oh, no way. That's funny. See, we were we were quick on the ball to cover. Yeah, where is Mike racist, Rowe in all of this? Racist Shark Week. High Voltage 75 said, it's Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. Yes, that is all. That is all. Thank you. I wonder who started that is all. I can't even remember mm. now. I also want to uh, address a couple of things about the Batgirl directors. We didn't even talk about that. Trauma. Well, I, we're gonna, <laughs> I'm going to actually put it on screen. This isn't uh, we're not we're, we're going to go a little bit out of order here. So sure. the, the Batgirl directors like uh, abuse spouses are going back to D.C. apparently after um, their traumatic experience. Yeah. So it says uh, Batgirl directors. Uh, they talk about the film cancellation says it was a traumatic experience. Guys, there's an inside joke here. At Pop Culture Crisis, where I showed Mary and then I showed pretty much everyone this clip. There's a, a great old video from Clownfish TV where they talk about what, who's the director of Terminator Dark Fate? Tim James, Tim Miller. Tim Miller. Yeah. Where he t he talks about the trauma of Terminator Dark Fate bombing at the box office and processing that trauma. Processing it. And um in the video, Neon and Geeky are they're drinking and it's just their reaction to the absolute borderline absurdity <laughs> of a celebrity director talking about how traumatic it was that the movie he made millions of dollars for <sighs> didn't do as well as he would have liked at the box office. Yeah. Um, and wait, somehow that this, this... I thought the trauma was that like James Cameron is a dick. No, no. The the trauma was that the movie bombed. But oh, then okay. he's yeah. like, I'm not going to work with James Cameron again because I want access to my... I want to be in control of my work. It's more That's a question he, of, is James Cameron yeah. going to work with you again? Yeah, right. Not the they, other way around. They ended up... Uh, he was he did Deadpool. He did the I first know. Deadpool, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so he's... Uh, he was... He was tr like processing the traumatic experience. And it kind of just goes to show you, like, is there a certain level of... Um, 
lack of aware, a certain lack of awareness that comes from not understanding how absurd that is. Like, like, like the hyperbole. I mean, the somehow the absurdity yeah. repeats itself yeah. with the directors of Batgirl. They say it was a traumatic experience when they learned that the project was being pulled from DC's slate. They went through all the emotions upon hearing the bad news. Uh, they said at the time it was pretty unprecedented, like movie history, Look, but in a crazy way. It's okay with processing like what that means, like right, like you lost. I'm sure a, it sucks for them. It's sucks. just why do they have to use this language? It does remind me of, of when, trauma. I think I've said this before. When WWE fired CM Punk, they fired him. They sent him express mail on his wedding day, <sighs> so he got his letter of uh, his um, letter of termination at his wedding. Imagine like, like, and th these guys were at a wedding yeah. when this happened uh, uh. to one of the directors. She so says, there's nothing we can do to influence them. But you know, when you see Brendan Fraser, who's maybe going to win an Oscar for the whale, it's like, maybe they're going to help us out because he's giving an Oscar winning performance. I'm going to let you in. Don't on hold your breath. Nobody cares. I mean, I love Brendan Fraser. I know, uh, uh, is it you or Hannah Claire that says that's kind of like the cool thing to do to like Brendan Fraser? I think I of, said that because yeah. it feels like there's a huge pity party being mm. thrown for yeah. him, whether or not it's warranted. But he's a very likable guy. People just, very I'm sure he doesn't appreciate being treated like a three-legged dog Yes, <laughs> all so, the time. I just don't believe for a second that him winning an Oscar is going to be like, well, let's let's give the money back that we got back in that tax credit and uh, and just do the movie. Also, um, so let's, let's go on. This is the fun one, guys. You're going to have a lot of fun with this one. So Jennifer, uh, We've got one more super chat, oh, though. Oh, let's go. Uh, Caper2x said, go Army, beat Navy, make, make mine Marvel. Oh, there you that go. That was the last one. All right. So Jennifer Lawrence said maybe one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, but I, in light, here's the, the beauty <sighs> of it. I didn't refresh the browser, so I've still got the tweet up here. Yes. Though, so Variety yeah. hosted this discussion between Jennifer Lawrence and Viola Davis. They tweeted a quote from Jennifer Lawrence and then got ratioed to hell. I think it had like under 100 retweets and 2.5 thousand quote tweets. Then they deleted the tweet. I saw this happen in real time. Well, they replaced you. it with a new tweet in which Jennifer Lawrence was quoted saying something chopped up and then a video of her saying the full thing. But here's exactly the ridiculous claim she made. She said, I remember when I was doing Hunger Games, nobody had ever put a woman in the lead of an action movie because it wouldn't work. Because we were told girls and boys can both identify with a male lead, but boys can't identify with a female lead. Well, and it just yeah. makes me so happy every single time I see a movie come out that blows through every one of those beliefs and proves that it's just a lie to keep certain people out of movies. No, it, the, to the, keep the, certain people in the same positions that they've always been in. Uh, here's the thing. The box offices don't lie. The box office doesn't lie. You're wrong. Um, she literally believes she was the first so, lead female in an action movie in 2012. <clears throat> Angelina Jolie, Salt, Wanted, Tomb Raider, Uma Thurman, Kill Bill, mm -hmm. Gina Carano, Haywire, 
Kate Beckinsale, Underworld, and Ultraviolet, Resident Evil, Millie Jovovich, uh, Columbiana, Zoe Saldana, and Flux, Charlene Theron, Jennifer Garner, Elektra, uh, and then, of course, Sigourney Weiner, Weaver, Alien. <laughs> and, I've, and I've got about 90 examples of TV shows yep. that... Got uh, that, Charlie's that, Angels, yeah. G.I. Jane, V for Vendetta. Chronicles. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, I actually, I, I would push back on a couple of those, like Wanted. It's not like Angelina Jolie was the solo star of Wanted. No, she was... She, the she name, was, but she Main was the point name. being, Jennifer Lawrence yeah. just comes Top off billing, as right? insanely ignorant of the industry in which she works to think that she is the first or even one of the first lead female actresses yes. in an action now, Remember movie. when she used to be America's sweetheart for being so real? Yeah. I hated that. I always saw through it. Because she's guys. like, I like Gigi Hadid also. Yeah. Like, yeah. we eat burgers. Yeah. We're real, like, yeah. <laughs> down-to-earth actresses. Here's the thing. If you and read models. The, she's obviously abandoned this because the interview that she gives, that she does with Viola Davis is one of the most mind-numbingly oh, self-indulgent yeah. things mm. in self-important things you'll ever read here's also my pushback the people identify with male action heroes on both genders because the male want the men want to be the guy saving the girl and women want to be the woman be the person getting saved by the guy uh that does not work the other way around because men do not daydream about being saved by women and women don't really daydream about saving men because it's it goes against our biology and against how we are as human beings on average, uh, not you know, not mm. I'm not saying. So you're that kind of agreeing with exist. Jennifer Lawrence's take in a in a sense yeah. that the male viewers can't always identify yeah. with a female lead. I, I'm saying that they can, but the idea here is that it's just harder to do. Right, it's not as easy to do. I'm giving you the general idea behind it. The reason why the male action hero is, on average, more successful is because it's a lot easier to sell that to an audience than it is to sell a woman. Because you have to go against human nature to get people to buy into it, which usually means it has to be an extremely charismatic actress. The sh- the shooting has to be extremely uh, pronounced and uh, stylistic. There has to be something about it that sells you beyond just the idea that you identify with this person and a lot of people would push back on that and say they never felt that way Uh, one tweet said I can honestly say this never mattered to me not even as a child when I found a character I really liked it didn't matter to me whether that was a man or a woman and in real life too I had both male and female role models that's how most people conduct themselves outside of Hollywood's weird insulated culture where men and women are pitted against each other I think even the precedent that male leads are more relatable to both male and female viewers uh, or you can identify with them more easily, that precedent is being disrupted because of the recurring theme of a panicky, incompetent, blundering male lead. I think even the new series starring Noah Centineo in which he's like this uh, outsider recruit to the CIA, the whole trailer is just him panicking and looking like an idiot. Let's actually, let's talk about that. Where does like, uh, like, does that come from before uh, Shia LaBeouf in Transformers, the, the the panicky male lead? I'm sure there's tons of examples, but that's the most recent. Like he's recent. solely yeah. responsible. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think of it as like he that did mother. it in a way that was like charismatic and yeah. worked, but that's not that doesn't mean you keep doing it, Yeah. right? Like I can't think of an example of someone in another case where it's not supposed to be Make satire. it the exception, not the um, rule. That's all that people are asking yeah. for, you know? Yeah. So, I, think, I think one of the problem isn't like they're contriving a problem that – isn't it's a it's a what am i trying to say it's a misdiagnosis where it is it's not that men can't identify with 
female leads or, or whatever. It's that they don't know how to write it where they are trying yeah. to write. They're just pasting a woman over a man. Yeah. Whereas the ones that all of the ones you listed are interesting because it's here's the situation. How would a woman handle it? And they write it that way. Like yep. That's why Ripley is so interesting. That's why Sarah Connor. And obviously those are the cliches for a reason because they're the best versions of it. Even uh, Angelina Jolie yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in uh, Salt is, uh, has to walk out on her life uh, because of what's going on, right? Like, right. Like there's a, or but, two, but the way that they handle, like if you put them in, a, if you put a woman in, in like whatever action movie, the way that they approach the situations is different. The way that they handle it is different. A really good example of this actually is um, National Treasure. Yeah. Where like the, and we're getting that what we're getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're getting is, the female national treasure soon too. the show. And they're going to, they're going to butcher it. But the way that they did Diane Kruger's character and how she like handled those situations versus how Nicholas Cage did was part of the intrigue and like adorableness of this, the, the series. Right. Yeah. And when you say like, well, we're just going to do what Tim Miller did and do Terminator two judgment day with all female characters, the exact same way. Yeah. You're like, what? That's why it feels so disingenuous. That's why it feels so. And then, so the the only way to defend yourself is to say that men can't identify with female characters, even though they have for the entire like the entire yeah. uh, history of the movie franchise. I also find it of the movie industry oddly insulting to like human beings to tell them like you can, like yeah. all you can understand is you like yeah. that feels like weapons grade projection yeah. from a bunch of narcissists who can't understand what it's like to be somebody else that isn't them. When yeah. I give you that example, like men, it's easier for like to sell that product of the man uh, identifying with the male lead because of, of how that works. It's because on average, a couple that's busy uh, only goes to the movies once a month. Like they're not going to want to go see like the, the guy. The, in fact, I would say the guy will still most likely still be the one that will go and see that movie over the woman. The woman isn't going to see the action movie with the female lead. The guy still might. Yep. It's kind of like the WNBA. Women, yeah. women don't give a crap about the WNBA because like it's just doesn't women, interest yeah. women on average. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to get a male to like the female lead. Now, they would also probably say, can you do that without making them uh, uh, sexualized? Yes, because uh, I don't find most of those ones that I gave, those examples that are I gave. Are you talking about women or the, men and Making women? The, the women sexualized. Oh, but even the men are. Yes. Uh, well, it's like, uh, who is it yesterday that I was looking at? They were saying, why are all the men naked in these movies now? Like, I was looking at old articles from the Mary Sue where they're all thirst trapping Chris Hemsworth. And I'm like, why is this okay? For this, is it just the double standard? Is it for what reason? And also there's tons of examples in Hollywood of them almost giving roles to women that really connect with people. As bad as the movie Die Another Day was, people loved Halle Berry as Jinx in that movie. I know it feels like a long time ago, but yeah. like she was actually like kind of liked in that movie. Uh, and they were talking about giving her a sequel, like her own spinoff. Atomic of that. Blonde. Atomic Blonde. Well, Atomic Blonde is amazing. Yeah. And like it, it, but because it approached it that way, it approached it the way. First of all, it was hypersexual. Like yeah. they were hypersexualized, given the time period it takes place in. But it wrote it as like, how would a woman in Berlin yeah. during this time period handle this? And it was amazing. Exactly. Well, I was like, and maybe like the idea is like the superheroes that that gives them the out. They don't have to explain it. Yeah. Like with Black Widow, you have to explain it yeah. because she doesn't have superpowers. Yeah. But with most female characters, even uh, 
I think of uh, Jennifer Garner not just as Electra but as Sydney Bristow in Alias. Mm. Like you have to explain Alias. it. Why are you so good at this? Uh, the disguises, she the just ability did, to uh, Peppermint too, where yeah. she was like an ass kisser. I didn't ask kisser. Ask yeah. kisser. <laughs> that too. Also, I want to point and out you believe that it. there's nothing more hilarious than a society. I talk about this with activists, where I, I point out that I think that a lot of Gen Z feels robbed of like the last great social uh, justice struggle, meaning like the millennials. <sighs> Uh, were there to uh, really push for the legalization of gay marriage, which in America was the last great uh, social injustice. Now we're just looking for things to be upset about all the time. But there's nothing funnier than just women and men in Hollywood constantly pretending they're setting records that don't actually exist because they're, they feel that they want to be trailblazers when mm. they don't realize that it's been yeah. going on. It's, for like years. And it's, it's bizarre because Jennifer Lawrence has openly seemed yeah. so resentful of her career's beginnings in X-Men movies and the Hunger Games because they're franchise movies. They came in, in a series. Yeah. The fans are either predominantly male or predominantly children, which is not a problem. They are huge money-making franchises, and she doesn't seem to appreciate that that's how she launched her career to be able to take smaller roles in these more like artsy thoughtful projects like causeway which she never shuts up about like she says that i think also like in this exact conversation she should have said no to any and all roles that didn't quote speak to her yeah like she doesn't even know that that's a privilege that a lot of people don't have sometimes they don't she's what she doesn't want to admit is the money spoke to her of course and that's hey that's fine but she pretends that that's good make your money pretends to be above that yeah and really she's after influencing the youth and uh, all of those little girls out there who want to be Katniss. I wanted to read this other quote from the discussion. She said, in Hunger Games, it was an awesome responsibility. Those books were huge and I knew that the audience was children. I remember the biggest conversation was, how much weight are you going to lose? Doubt it. Along with me being young and growing and not able to be on a diet, I don't know if I want all of the girls who are going to dress up as Katniss to feel like they can't because they're not a certain weight. And I can't let that seep into my own brain either. Just like the fact that that's your takeaway from it. It's just like that tweet that I I was referencing the other day showing all of these little girls at Disney who take pictures with the the on-site actresses that... Um, are dressed up as Rey from Star Wars. And they caption it, I don't care what you think of uh, Star Wars making Rey into a Mary Sue. This is what really matters. Shut up. The movie doesn't matter. The message matters. Shut up. Stop criticizing. The message. message. Also, I I do want to Message above all. If I was to play the the devil's advocate here and give her the benefit of the doubt, I don't know if this was... I'm assuming this was a spoken interview... Yeah, it was all on video. If if I read this quote again, she says, "I remember when I was doing Hunger Games. Nobody had ever put a woman in that in the lead of an action movie. Never. Like what (laughs) I imagine is somebody. What she meant to say was like they weren't putting women in the leads of action movies, which is more to say like it's less common rather than she they had never done it. That's me giving her the ultimate ultra mega benefit of the doubt. It still, even if that is a generalization, and she realizes that, it shows." her own overestimation of her influence on the industry, yeah. right? Well, do you think they're all like that? Like, like well, you wouldn't have been casted in the role that, uh, you know, kind of launched her career 
without the predecessors in all of these other action movies. But they do this with everything. It's the yeah. first person of this group to be in this, and like it's the first group person. Reminds uh, me of how they talk about LeBron. Like it's the first time somebody scored this on a Tuesday after yeah. eating Taco Bell. I got to get the I got to get the the link from when they do that fake milestones yeah, that fake mean milestones. nothing. It's there's a great I've I've mentioned this on the show many times. It was either in the movie Little Big League or it was in the movie. Uh, major league where one of the announcers keeps like handing like there's an announcer who doesn't speak and he keeps handing them their records that aren't really records mm. and they do that John Boy Media which is a like they cover baseball and sports um, they have a, a, a segment called stats that exist but don't really matter mm. like that's what all of this is it's stats that exist but don't really matter and even then they're lying half the time another thing that stuck with me from this interview is that variety is basically running damage control for Jennifer Lawrence's stupid comments by deleting the tweet where people were criticizing her and then tweeting it again in a more flattering light. It just shows that it's also all of these. Yeah, it's it's also also fake. fake. They're such slime balls and they're so dishonest. And it shows something that we've talked about before, which is that these media outlets are working in tandem with the celebrities that give them media appearances. They are working in partnership and there's no scrutiny on the celebrities who are out here saying stupid shit. Where back in the day, they would have been held right, exactly. somewhat accountable. There, there would have been somebody whose job it was to be like, hey, I don't know if that's true. Like, like is Viola Davis supposed to be like, well, I don't know like, about who that. Is, like, who is the social media manager who decided to delete the tweet simply because it was getting pushback. That's all. I mean, that's also really, really funny too to me because it's like you think that these things that these companies aren't organized. They are that organized that they uh, that there's somebody there monitoring how a tweet does, right? And then they pull it down. How dystopian is that? Even like <laughs> like this is variety because it's we have a, to white knight for Jennifer Lawrence. It's a puff piece about Jennifer Lawrence and Viola Davis giving each other ultimate high fives and saying yes because we. We are strong, independent women that don't need no man in an industry that literally goes out of its way to protect them. May I recall the interaction where uh, Jennifer Lawrence finishes a longer statement and Viola Davis says, you're highly articulate. And then Jennifer Lawrence says to Viola Davis... And you're very beautiful, dude. That like the like. Imagine being in a room where nobody actually likes each other, and they're <laughs> all lying. Like, this is how women compliment yeah, each other, by the way. I, I'm not going to bring up the the meme that I always bring up in this case. Yes, women lie to each other by giving each other compliments, <laughs> and men lie to each other by insulting one another. That's what, me, me, most of the time when me and Dane are talking, we are like <laughs> absolutely like saying the most heinous thing yeah. you can possibly say to another human being because it's a it's a term of endearment. But I also find that to be a lot. Less, okay, I find it a lot less damaging to like roast your friends and then ooh maybe once in a while you go just a bit too far. Whereas like there's a buildup of the fakeness of women you're like oh my god you're so beautiful. No you are. You have to keep raising yeah, the stakes like, every like, time. You're like oh like and there's nothing worse than that than internet like Instagram comment sections where like people like just suck each other off and and just <laughs> say the sorry uh, and say like vulgar some, Brett. Say, say a bunch of stuff that you know they don't actually believe like oh my sorry, god Roger. you are so beautiful you are such a queen like you don't freaking care that's the yeah. media's yeah. job though it is their, today it is their dude so let's go to super right, chats Regatan said Wesley play Disco Elysium an award winning RPG okay yes. Uh, I've never played an RPG, so yeah. immediate yes. Okay, immediate, yeah. I'll do it. I need to stop watching YouTube. Discord said leftoids <laughs> slash druggies both overuse 
quote, therapy language. Okay. I love the I am on a one man jihad against the 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 therapy trend that we we are in a trend trauma. where self love where like yeah my yeah. business failure is a traumatic yeah. experience. But, but we're in this um, we're in this weird phase now where they even talked about it in that interview with Jennifer Lawrence where they're like whether it's this or whether it's therapy I'm like they love going to therapy because they just love hearing themselves talk and most of the time it's about wanting to sound like you have it worse than everyone else. Mm-hmm. They're just one uppers. Mm-hmm. They're like, how, how effed up can I make my life sound to my therapist? I'm obviously being very, very, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt here. I'm sure a lot. I mean, I know a lot of people go to therapy and they get something out of it because they go there with the intention of getting better, not going there with the intention of indulging their narcissism. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I doubt that A list celebrities have the intention of doing anything, but hear themselves talk. Well, not and plus. I mean, do the, do the, do the therapists in Hollywood really want to help them get better? No. 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 I, I would even, like, I would push back a little bit. Not push back. I would say there's a nuance to this where we're laughing at the idea that their experience in Hollywood is traumatic. I'm sure that they do have a lot of trauma. I'm sure that being in a room that you were talking about and your entire life being that way is extremely damaging to your Fair mental enough. health. And you should get help when it comes to the thing. Like, imagine never believing that anybody's ever telling you the truth about yourself. Like, that is terrifying yeah. to me. But... The idea that like I had a movie and no longer is that movie coming out, but so or I had a movie and it made money, but not as much as I wanted it to. Yeah, I got to make a movie that James Cameron, my probably his childhood hero or like teenage hero. I don't know how old Tim Miller is. Sorry, um, but like maybe the only tra- trauma I could f- probably find from working with James Cameron, no matter how terribly acted, is just to find out what a pussy he is you know what I mean like just to be like oh when man like, you made aliens and you're this big of a cuck like, <laughs> like you're like hey man want to go to the range after this he's like sorry I don't like guns yeah exactly but he exactly. also pretends to be hard in the media yeah. still well except for the fact that masculinity is a toxin or testosterone yes. is a toxin that men should expel from their system like that's so funny to uh, me. but then like, he's like I just you know laid my balls on the table to that fox executive yeah. and just you know, totally like, mogged him. Imagine, imagine being like in a in a world so protected where you can it can act like that's a real thing. Like you just don't have to have. You can uh, body slam of, you know. a production assistant as well, David no, o. Russell did. Or no, what I'm saying is like imagine living in a in a society so protected that you think that the ability to be masculine doesn't need to exist mm. in society. Yeah. That's insane. Even yeah. when you're doing it yourself in your yeah. own career, and high you voltage make movies about it. Yeah. High Voltage 75 said, pop culture quiz, Brett, what pro wrestler played Super Shredder in Secret of the Ooze? No cheating. The answer is Kevin Nash. Is this pop culture or is that just wrestling trivia? It's both. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Two in Secret of the Ooze. Okay. uh, Also, um, I found this great like photo book Instagram where it's like, it's um, like... 35 millimeter pictures taken behind the scenes during the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies filming process. Mm-hmm. And it's just absolutely like a, like a photo, like a photo snap in time. It's incredible to that see a lot amazing. of that stuff. Considering how long that ago that was. You ever caught the PA hiding in the kitchen? In, in the, that, in yeah. The yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, another one of my favorites. This is a little bit off topic. There's a scene in the movie Three Ninjas where Colt's mom comes in to talk to him. And then when she leaves, her earring falls off. And every time I see it, I can't like, un- like oh. it was like the first thing I caught when I was a kid. Where I'm like, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. You did the Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Harold Wiley said, I got Brendan Fraser uh, 
drunk in a bar in Savannah four years ago. Incredible. He left with an entire bachelorette party following him. He was doing fine that night. Good for him. That's I mean, hey, it was a bachelorette party. They haven't gotten married yet. It's, it's fine. It's like Tulsa King. They'll just <laughs> glom onto any random guy who's hanging out at a bar. Yeah, but... Let, let's be fair. In Tulsa Kings, Stallone that was is, ridiculous. Stallone is still in, in phenomenal shape, in like full of Botox and uh, looking good for his age. He doesn't look seventy-five. I mean, tell me that interactions like that one ever happen in the real world. I bet you they happen. I bet you they happen. I'm not saying really? regularly, but I bet you it's happened before. Caper Two X said, "Brett, Mary, were those her words on her PR team? I don't know what." This is or, her, or her PR team. No, that was her. <laughs> it's on no, video. The, yeah, that was, uh, and it was an interview for Variety, right? So it wasn't really an interview. It was just like they talking. host conversations between actors, which is the like I can't think of something I'd want to watch less. Yeah. Our <laughs> Fontanas said Terminators One and Two had the perfect feminist character. Sarah Connor went from a regular chick to a believable kick-ass hero. Well, also, feminists wouldn't support the idea of a mother wanting to protect a child now because they don't want women to have kids. <laughs> Johnny Derp said, Mary, the past tense of cast is cast. That is all. Are you going to read Bad App's last one? She to worry about her post-apocalyptic career. Yeah, I'm not going to read that, Bad App. Sorry. We don't know. Let's move no, on. Let's do it. All right, guys. So I was I was curious. I saw Christian Harloff did like a 30-second clip after uh, he walked out of Avatar Way of Water. He loved it. He said it was really, really good. And we've got the, the shills here coming out. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this. This is less of an egregious example of like whenever a Marvel movie comes out, guys, I assume that all of it is shilling. And that all of it is just, you know, we're falling in line. We're lockstep with this because it's what we're supposed to like. But this is still a Disney property. But I'm not sure if I really buy that, you know, the critics just like it because they know that everyone else is like doesn't like it. Like a lot of people push back on. Like a lot of times it feels like they like Marvel movies because everyone's pushing back against Marvel. I feel like most people just yeah. either really want to see this or don't care. There's a weird posture in all of these new early reviews where the critics are kind of white knighting for James Cameron and simultaneously praising the film but more because they want to defend james cameron for some reason yeah. and i don't know why they're like we loved it when he when he when he tried to put that fox executive in his place mm. <laughs> like we don't like fox even though you fox yeah shill oh no i i didn't i didn't mean to oh. to put him in the same in the same category there i just saying like i i that his was the first one that i caught because gotcha. they're not first reactions or they're not yeah. reviews they're first reactions yeah. I don't know when the embargo is lifted mm -hmm. on this. I do know that the later an embargo lifts on a movie, the the worse off it is for its uh, for what it says about the movie. Mm -hmm. Because the idea yeah. here yeah, is yeah, that yeah, they yeah, they yeah. hold the review, they hold your ability to release your review as long as possible, so that people don't see it before it opens if the yeah. reviews are bad. Eric Davis swears that he wasn't paid to praise this film i mean it would be cool but if somebody's like hey they paid me but like <laughs> when they tweet stuff like this that's just like there's not one downside they list to the movie yeah. it of course sounds like shilling yeah but first reactions like uh there are a couple here that say like man it was a little bit long which is even even that's an understatement look guys i'm gonna start like uh, a lot of people want us to have like ratings review systems i am going to have like a system that takes off points for whatever my system that doesn't exist is <laughs> for movies that are over a certain length if you are over two hours 
miss me with that nonsense. Like, I don't need it. Yeah. Like, even like like the Zack Snyder ones, which are self-indulgent, overly long. At least it's at home, and I don't These have days, to fucking The budgets are too big. Frickin', frickin', the movies frickin'. are sorry. too long. Yeah, they are. Um, sorry about that, guys. I didn't mean to swear. Sorry, sorry Roger. That was Relax, Brett. I apologize, guys. Well, I'm not even... We're like, going to have to bleep you. I'm not even emotional right now. <laughs> so, so it says, as an Avatar stan, I had high hopes for Avatar The Way of Water. For me, it totally delivers. Sure, it's a little long, but worth it for the gorgeous visuals, wonderful new characters, a total thrill. Uh, I'm not sure I buy the wonderful new characters part. Mm. That feels tacked on. Yeah. I do 110%. There it is again, me giving that number. Mm. Buy that the visuals are gorgeous, that yeah. they invent, they literally develop an entirely new camera to shoot this. They said the trailers didn't do it justice. A lot of people were praising the scope and the vibrancy of the colors. I really couldn't care less. And also, another person said, like, the slow parts of the movie where you would expect to be able to, like, bolt out for a bathroom break... You're just so enthralled by the the ambient music and the Simtop. environment. You're like immersed, and I just I I don't care. I don't care. And in a movie this anti-human, in my opinion, I think that there's no there's no visual aspect that could redeem that. I hate that this movie is so misanthropic. And one person responded to that tweet particularly and said. I must be the only one bothered by the misanthropy that's apparently the selling point for a lot of people. It's exactly the same as the first one. There's this stupid resistance politics being pushed, climate change messaging being pushed that is just under your nose if you're not looking for it. And they're continuing on that. Or, Or it's like a glorified version of Tarzan, a glorified version of Pocahontas. Last of the Mohicans. Uh, yeah, Last of the Mohicans. <laughs> Other people said it had Titanic vibes, which isn't yeah, the selling point for me. That's so lame. Hey, I love I love Titanic. I, 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 I mean, I've only seen it a couple of times. I'm, uh, Titanic it's, it's is fine. I just hate Rose. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> like, but, it's, but it's also a product of a, of a less cynical time um, where that type of... Like, one of the things I hate about society now is like when people apply their cynical... Um, actually, I shouldn't say I hate, I hate it. I love it too. It's just one of those days where I would, I would just like it. Where they apply <laughs> cynical beliefs to like things that were made in earnest. So it's like Titanic. It's really just the story of this woman uh, cheating on her husband on a cruise. Like that's really all it is. She's yeah. like, it's the story of me cheating on my husband with a homeless man on a cruise. And I like, don't think that's not feminist messaging in the '90s. That's uh, it's accurate, but it's like depending on my mood, uh, like I can get a huge kick out of that, or be like, geez, why isn't anyone ever? Uh, Wow. Real anymore. Celine Dion left no crumbs. Hey, you leave, you leave Celine Dion. Wow, Another- Titanic <laughs> was really the first Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, I saw this insufferable tweet today about, like, I want to see a Hallmark Christmas movie about a woman who breaks up with her bigoted small town boyfriend, moves to the city, and then discovers the magic of Christmas by celebrating it with people of all creeds and backgrounds. So then it wouldn't be Watch Christmas. Watch it backwards. I almost vomited. <laughs> there's a there's a YouTube uh, an Instagrammer named Max the Very Good Boy who does what are called Hallmark movie pitches, mm. and it, they're very very funny skits and they're all basically the same thing. He's like, so so she's a small town or she's a big city lawyer and she goes into the into a little town so that she can work on a on this project and she meets this guy and he's got he's six feet tall and he's got rippling abs <laughs> like yeah uh, and the whole because all of them are the same he's so a lumberjack yeah, he's a lumberjack with a heart of gold he's like she's got a, she's a single mother <laughs> with a daughter and he's a single dad with a fa- with a son like all this stuff it's like it's all the same I do want to ask this question 
there is a, a barrier, a hurdle to be uh, to be kind of uh, leaped here in that we talk a lot about how the CGI of modern era is what takes us out of movies and makes them feel less real to us. If yes. this movie is supposed to be selling me on its messaging and its characters, I'm going to need the CGI to be not just exceptional but above exceptional and that seems to be hopefully what they've accomplished here but that's a lot to ask of something like this i crap on avatar a lot um but i'll say this about it and this as the sequel if it does do the things that eric davis says that it does it brings more emotional punch it has more of a soul that's the things that i say about avatar it's like did it look great sure yeah but it had no soul it felt so generic it felt so formulaic literally the object that they are there to mine is called unobtainium yeah. which is the most uninspired i mean that joke has been Unins- made about uninspired james cameron you're such a genius yeah. yes it's so stupid unavailably in its, in its like, <laughs> uh obviousness so this if this does bring some nuance if this does bring uh like what emotion that rings true yeah i'm inclined Mm -hmm. to believe that they had a wonderful time and i hope they do i am i am not the person i know i've hated a lot of movies that we've seen recently but like not hated disliked i like to like things like i try to find the things about it that i like and sounds like me yeah i try yeah like even with uh what kind of forever like i tried to find things about it to like but it just felt so like I'm not even mad at them. It's like, man, you made this during the hardest time in the history of the world to make a movie and it shows. Yeah. Sorry. I have to judge you just like I judge everything else. Mm-hmm. But this, like if it does these things, I have a little bit of hope, especially with how long it is. I hope that it does have these things. I like, I'm, we're going to be sitting there for a long time. What, so. mo- what yeah. movie, uh, did the use the pandemic the best, which movie did the, used did it the, the best, like, did the best coming out of the pandemic. Oh, like which one managed, like seemed to, where it didn't seem to affect the, oh, gotcha. the uh, would Glass Onion be up there? Yeah. Yeah. Because they included it, but it wasn't uh, super important to the storyline. I yeah. still would have preferred if there was never, never any reference it, to yeah. masks or uh-huh. to, to COVID in any type of movie. Like, it's worse on TV. It's, it's very annoying was, on TV. Was, it dates it. It's only been, like, two years. Yeah, was was uh, the, um, what's the, uh, Margot Robbie, Christian Bale. Oh, uh, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Did yeah. they, they made that during the pandemic. Right? That would have been. I never been. thought like, oh, this was made during a pandemic. I never yeah. thought like, oh, there's not enough people in the room or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it just felt um, good. <laughs> so like, like I said, I don't feel the same type of hesitancy to trust these reviews the way I would if this was a Marvel movie, which for some reason is just this weird battleground for the culture war. Like not even a Marvel movie, but like, especially if it's like a female led Marvel movie, like I'm going to, we're going to have so much fun when the Marvels is, when Miss Marvel is coming, or the Marvels is coming out and we get to talk about how it's getting supposedly review bombed good or supposedly getting review bombed bad. And it's, it's the first, it, that's going to be the first female led action movie of all time. Just yes. like, just like how Disney has had their first gay character, like 92,776 <laughs> times. Uh, we're going to have like the first female. It's going to be the first female-led movie starring three women. Oh wait, Charlie's Angels. Uh, with uh, that came out post. Yeah, it's going to have to make stuff up for it to be first any type female of- lead whose shoe size is exactly six point five yes. seven. Like, yep. thank you. <laughs> just completely arbitrary. As for the visuals and the amount of praise that the visuals in the sequels getting already, I'm really checked out. Like. Yeah, the the fact that they're praising like the the way the water it looks so realistic like you could have just 
filmed water. You <laughs> well, know? That, that's, like, I mean, that's very hard to and, do. And even then, it takes me out. Like, yeah. um, I, and then they're trying to distract from the ugly message, really, that's being yeah. peddled in it with the beautiful visuals. The message is damning humanity. Yeah. Like, the more damning it is of humanity, the better. F humanity and all of its pursuits to, you know, better itself or the quality of life or technology. Um, just like any any pioneering human spirit is damned by this this message. And they're distracting from it with, like, something like, like ambient music backgrounds that I would see yeah. in a nail salon. Yeah. Like genuinely <laughs> the same shit. Also, that's, that's kind of indicative of the world we live in now because any type of human, uh, like uh, of amazing invention is now liable for criticism because mass producing anything that gets made now has to be questioned under the guise of climate change. So it's like... Uh, it's was, so preoccupied yeah. with the message and the visuals. Yeah. And I have a feeling that it's going to bore me and it's not going to tell a good enough story to make up for it. Yeah. Plus, I and I admit, I have a harder time connecting with not real characters. It's why I like I like the DC animated movies, but in general, animated productions don't hit me the way that live action stuff does. So they're already at a disadvantage there that I'm just not going to be very interested in most of what's going on here. But I will say, like you, I am open and excited to be proven wrong mm -hmm. and like like it's kind of a win-win either way for us right like either it's bad and we've got stuff we can talk about because it's bad or it's good and we've got stuff to talk about because it's good like mm. it's just mm -hmm. uh i have a little bit more room for the nuance of this kind of message than i think you do where like I'm, a, I'm an ardent capitalist as well but i also hate soullessness so like the idea of like do i hate Soulless mass production, sure. I do. Yeah, but it's. Uh, I'm, I'm it's, like Alex Jones right now. Like I'm a pioneer. I'm a human. <laughs> you should, I'm a human I, being. I, I know right I now the it. chat is going to be asking for more of that voice. They are going to ask for more. <laughs> but here's here's my problem with that is yes, you you don't like say that last part again. You said you you let you, you are a ardent capitalist, yeah. but I hate soulless mass production. Okay, where things that's, becomes that's no longer about the uh, what you're doing, but an exploitative. That's great. Uh, that's true in all things. And true. Yeah. But it's being mass produced and sold to you. Yes, which is that why was, it's hypocritical. That was, yes, I agree a hundred percent. That would be the uh, the other side of it, where it's like, yeah, I hate that they're like. Can I agree with a, like a certain sliver of that to where, yeah, you know, like you're you're no longer uh, like the idea of creating a product that will create efficiency in somebody so that you can sell them another product. That's not capitalism. That's corruption, yeah. right? Where, but that's what this is doing. Where. That's why they make movies and TV like this. Is they make it unfulfilling so that you'll have to buy the next product. Yeah. You know, they don't make great movies. So they make almost good movies. So you're like, oh, that didn't that didn't hit the spot. Let me watch another one. Have you ever uh, solace and have you ever horrible. seen Wayne's World? Uh, yes. When he um when he, when he finds out that the guy like uh, there you can't get to the next level, so the kids have to keep pumping in quarters, yeah. so you can't uh, you can't actually advance to the next yeah. level at the arcade. <laughs> yeah, if you can't be satiated by the product, then you actually have no product. Well, yeah, and like, and then uh, once you're satiated by it, then it's um, then you're you're good for a while, and yeah. maybe you'll lose interest by the time the next one comes around. Like Netflix, they make it just good enough for you to keep watching, but exactly. not enough to, to yeah to feel fulfilled. to feel fulfilled. Yeah. So, all right, we got some super chats. Are we going to read any of those, Mary? Uh, 
Bad episode. I highly recommend seeing Santa Jaws. Well, then Santa Jaws it is. All right. Yeah, we are moving on. Yeah. So, guys, Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega is in trouble. She is Uh, (laughs) getting slammed on Twitter by deranged hypochondriacs Mm. because she filmed the famous dancing scene in Wednesday while waiting for a result to a COVID test. She So, like, this is revealed in an interview she did with Enemy. Here's exactly what she revealed about it. She said, it's crazy because it was my first day with COVID, so it was awful to film. I woke up, and it's weird. I never get sick, and when I do, it's not very bad. I had body aches. I felt like I'd been hit by a car and that a little goblin had been let loose in my throat and was scratching the walls of my esophagus. I love She's the, very expressive. I love <laughs> the the over-the-top visuals. She go, said... Like, yeah. Go, like, go in, queen. <laughs> <laughs> they were giving me medicine between takes because we were waiting on the positive result. I asked to redo it, but we didn't have time. I think I probably could have done it better. And then NME reached out to the production company MGM behind Wednesday, and they confirmed that strict COVID protocols were followed, and once the positive test was confirmed, production removed Jenna from set. So I at first thought that she had gotten a negative test in the beginning of that day and a positive one at night. Apparently, they didn't have a result yet. So they decided to just... Uh, go just forward. you know, just go for it because they were under some time constraints, yeah. and it, it seemed like they didn't have time to wait. It proves that in the end, the money comes before all. Like of you course, can, you can lie all you want. Also, I guess they're they're probably scolding her for revealing this information yeah. in the oh, press yeah, now. I bet. Well, also, poor we, girl. We had uh, who was it? Greg Ellis was here as a guest. He was fascinating to talk to, and he discussed how the COVID protocol testing is just a racket in Hollywood now. It's just a way to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine being the companies making all that money off of testing and not expecting them to continue to exploit it uh especially in an industry that like literally gets guilted into stuff all the time so they're like oh my gosh we have to be very careful we're we're being very careful we're testing everyone every day and it's It's like in glass onion where uh birdie says like it's okay everyone here is in my pod like as long as you follow the arbitrary rules of this you know flavor of the week this you're is, fine this is at also, this point it's all just a a see me thing too for people online right to like look at somebody who did blank i would never do blank yeah like that's all the covid like nobody actually cares when somebody actually gets covid it's not even like it was shortly after it started where you're like oh my god well no i thought crossed best wishes now it's like I okay like see you in three days if anything this proves that Jenna Ortega is really good at working under pressure Mm. because this scene went viral on social media after the show came out and it's one of the huge draws Mm. for new viewers by word of mouth. So if anything, she should be praised for being able to work under conditions where she She's feels the Michael terrible, Jordan right? Yeah. Well, not just that. You're you're saying Michael Jordan because he hits up uh, who they're playing the, the the jazz or whatever. The flu and, like, game, the, yeah, flu yeah. game. But the, another good example mm-hmm. is 
in John Wick 1, when they filmed the entire scene inside the bathhouse, John Wick's lead actor, Keanu Reeves, was sick as a dog mm. and had to do all of the action scenes himself. Well, I mean, I don't know about all of them, but, you know, mm. he is famously known for doing most of his own stunt work. And it's kind of lent with... You or know, he did The Matrix with a broken back. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, uh, Or uh, we were talking yesterday. I was I was, uh, I was, was bemoaning people not liking pro wrestling. Mm. And I was talking... <laughs> I was, I like, half kidding. But, like, yeah. I was talking about how in 2000, when the wrestler Triple H tore his hamstring, basically the the muscle like wrapped around his leg while he was wrestling, and he finished the match like like an absolute psychopath. Mm. Um, even Stone Cold Steve Austin, when he broke his neck, had to finish the match technically after he got dumped on his head, and like literally oh. just like he was supposed to like the match was supposed to be twenty minutes longer. He basically like like basically kind of picks the dude up, drops him. It looks completely ridiculous because he's clearly hurting Mm -hmm. and then like falls on top of him because he can't move. That's something to be proud of, right? And it seemed like Jenna Ortega mentioned this incident because she's proud of being able to film a scene like this under pressure and not feeling well and then now she's being performatively scolded for it on social media. So here are what... People had to say. Actually, before we do that, before we do that, why don't we change the narrative here? Let's do what they do and say she is the first actress to film a noteworthy scene with the with with COVID and have yeah come up with a milestone and then call it a day. Right? That's all she has to do. (laughs) First Latina actress to film an iconic scene with COVID. Well, they don't have to make the subcategory anymore because she would be the first. So it's even bigger. award. This one tweet said, this is a bad thing, right? We all agree that this is not some persevering through hardship moment. Yes, it it's is. It's a, yeah, why the true. F didn't she get sent home? She could get horrendously sick or infect others kind of moment. See, they don't care about her getting like horrendously sick. They care about the idea that she didn't virtue signal and not get other people sick. Believe right. it or not, when Keanu Reeves had to do that whole scene with the flu, he was actually literally fighting with other people, which means he's much much more likely to actually get a bunch of other people sick. Another one said Jenna Ortega having COVID on set and working unmasked around other unmasked performers is not a flex. She should not be praised for working while sick. The above the line crew could have possibly disabled or killed someone for their irresponsibility. Imagine tweeting like this in December 2022, by the way. Like, no one is listening to you anymore. No one cares. I I admit, um, when I go out, and I see people like, look, I, I am the first person to at least uh, on my good days when I'm not being a, a piece of crap. <laughs> I, I assume that like, look, if you're wearing the mask, I want you to be able to do that. And I'm going to assume that maybe you're immunocompromised and you're just being safe. I'm not going to judge you for it. I will freely admit that on my less uh, <laughs> on my less good days, I'm like, what are they freaking doing? You know, I get judgmental. I try to not do that as much as possible. But it is 20, it's almost 2023. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, granted, this would have been filmed what? Uh, late last year? Probably last year, yeah. But still, that's rather late in the game. And I think, like, they're, they're fear mongering because they don't want to let anyone feel good about, like, doing work during, during the COVID. pandemic. Yeah, yeah like, She's like, sorry, I couldn't work from home. Yeah. Like, uh, like you should have filmed this entire series on Zoom dude, or those, something. Those, um, those like absolutely dystopian like gifts in in 
pictures are still on Instagram stories where like you can still like look up like stay home, stay safe, be a hero, stay home. Just absolutely dystopian, evil, corporatist nonsense. Yeah. This is like I don't want to compare what I do to what she does on any level, but yeah. it does remind me like the like she should have gone home like that just reeks of not knowing what's at stake. Yeah. And like, or that you've never been part of something that had that much riding on it. Right. Like I don't, you were in, what I do doesn't had, have that much riding on it. But yeah. when I see the comments, they're like, you guys should have done this. You have no yeah. idea what, yeah. like how hard it is to get something like this done. And it would be so much worse for the people involved if Wesley, she did go home on your shirt. Stink bug. Oh shit. <laughs> we should, what we should start doing. We should start rating everyone ah. by how they handle the stink bugs. Yeah. I yeah. just think spider. We'll have like a freak instantly. out hall of I'm not fame. afraid of stink bugs, but guys, I think spider, and I am afraid of those. So. Guys, um, what I'm going to need you to do is join the PCC subreddit and make a supercut of everyone freaking out or not freaking out to the reaction to stink bugs. Anyway, sorry for that <sighs> veering off Thanks the topic. But no, they have no idea like what, like how much worse it would be for her to go home. Like you said, they're under some sort of time constraint. They didn't even have time to refilm those it after she would wanted be, to right, refilm. They would those uh, uh, um, people would probably rather just get a little bit sick than not have the show come out on time or to the level mm-hmm. that they want it to. They probably already were making concessions. They probably already were missing things that they would have put in the show. Like, also, um, it's, it's absurd. Shimmy All Shelley, for, for Shimmy Shelley in the chat is correct. They love the pandemic because it made them feel special. Yeah. Like it's almost like, you know, that fear that all of them have about the existential dread about climate change. The world is ending. And we've, we talk a lot about off air about like every generation feels like their generation is like the end times, Mm -hmm. but this new generation, it's kind of pathological Mm -hmm. and COVID tapped into that really heavily. And so they don't understand that to the rest of the world with perspective, they have jobs, they have things that need to be accomplished. Lots of money went into making this happen. They don't get to just walk away, but it's also Hollywood's own fault for mm. virtue signaling about well, all this You know stuff. what drives me? I think we've talked about this before, but have you ever seen The Mist, the movie? Yeah. You know, oh, Marcia, no, 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 I have you know no, no, I'm oh, okay. something else. Um, okay, so Marsha Gay Harden's in the movie and she plays this, like, um, I don't know what you call it, a religious zealot. Okay. Like a Christian religious zealot who's accusing everybody of being sinners and that's why this is happening to them. And so every character, like she, she whips everybody up into a frenzy by accusing them of cynic being sinners. And that's why God is punishing us. And it's like, that is their take on what a religious person is with no sense of self-awareness whatsoever. Yeah. That that is what they are by making that movie. And it has like COVID empowered that to mm-hmm. such a degree to where to like the pleasure they get from shaming somebody like, yeah. and don't understand like, that that is what they can make their movies to do yeah like it's it's this weird i don't even know what to call it i really hate that behavior i hate that behavior i I hate the behavior when they like really really make fun of midwestern people yeah when they make fun of flyover states and southerners like um it's one thing if you're watching a show and every character is a hyperbolic over the top kind of caricature. It's another when all the other characters are kind of normal and regular. And then the Southern character or the Midwestern character is ridiculously over the top, either ignorant, uh, racist. uninformed, racist, mm-hmm. sexist, homophobic. Like 
that's fine. If you want to play to a trope for a larger production where all the characters are like that, mm. fine. But then make the make the cop character like a a super big. He's got to have a Punisher sticker. Yeah. He's got to have the flat top and the Oakleys and talk about how he's like I'm keeping these. You have to make all the characters like that. You can't just make some of the characters like that. But yeah, yeah. I think that um, is it. Partially because we talked about um, for like. Jennifer Lawrence, that those, there's a pathology around the people in Hollywood that's this weird sense of both entitlement, disconnection from the regular, you know, from regular people in the world. Mm -hmm. Like you said, she was kind of a, an everyman or an every woman. She was mm. every woman, like Dane. Uh, or at least trying to be. Yeah, yeah, or pretended to be. Dang. And the mask coming off now is just kind of reinforcing what we already knew, that they were actors all along and they were never... Like, there is no shared reality anymore where you <sighs> look at a... Like, maybe I can delude myself. Like, I know yeah. Tom Cruise is not a man of the people, but I can appreciate the outcome of the current grift he's running or the mm -hmm. current the current uh, uh, hill he's dying on which is that theaters are important and audiences are important do I believe he goes home at night and thanks the lord because people watch his movies no I don't well, he's a Scientologist yeah. so. he thanks somebody else Zenu. he thanks somebody Zenu. That's who he takes. I think that this is a kind of a unintentional initiation ritual for Jenna Ortega into like being a bigger name actress, yeah. like these are the type of expectations that she's going to be held to going forward. Here's the thing. I don't fault Jenna Ortega at all for working when she may or may not have been COVID positive. She was just doing her job. What bothers me is the double standard and the hypocrisy of Hollywood behind the scenes doing all of these risky scenes where all of the, the team could get sick. But then in the public eye, they say, you know, stay home, save lives mm -hmm. to the people with ordinary jobs that provide a lot more value practically to society. That's the problem. And I, Dane does point this out, like, what's the use in pointing out the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy all the time. But like, what else can we do? Yeah. And, and that, is, that is particularly disheartening sometimes because there really is no truth but, uh, but power to them. They don't care that they're hypocritical yeah. because they're, they're not worried about that. It's why a lot of you know, politicians are so evil because they will say one thing and do another instantly and nobody actually cares because most people aren't paying attention and the people that are paying attention are their enemies so they don't care. It's also like the person you're shaming right now has made so much more of an impact on culture than you ever will, yeah. and you're likely salty about that. Sketch Therapy says, this is about insurance. Tom Cruise was screaming about insurance. Uh, the COVID insanity was about insurance on set. Yeah, I mean, he points that out when that he went fake. when he went through his, his rant. I mean, he's basically saying, he's like, look, it's costing a fortune to keep this set open. The least you guys could do is like follow the protocols that are in place. Do those protocols make sense? Maybe, maybe not. He's not a scientist. He doesn't know. He knows that this is what we have to do to keep the movie open and running and that's what we need to do to get it done but that's not even the case for jenna ortega because she did what she was told mm -hmm. it's not like she didn't like like she said no i'm like fake being like are they somebody should make a meme of her like being one of the people who doesn't admit they're a zombie that got bitten <laughs> like she's like no no i'm fine i'm fine is that what she, is that what she is now she's a she's a so soon to turn walker that uh that just doesn't want to admit it be real if anything it probably helped her film the scene she's all out of it and yeah and weird let's go to super chats let's do it potatoes for Seamus said do that voice again lol mary do i do a great alex jones you, impression please do a great do give us give us, give us a classic i forget all of that what that quote was but i loved it tell us about gay frogs look 
all of my favorite Alex Jones quotes are not allowed on YouTube. So <laughs> that's I'll a, just stop myself that's right a there. That's fair point. <laughs> I need to stop watching YouTube said it's a purity spiral. Look up the word. I, I can't pronounce that. I'm sorry. Uh, Baitswa. Oh, Baitswa. Yeah. Uh, spoiled rich Americans. Uh, basically, it's a Japanese oh, term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, There's, isn't that Chinese? Or Chinese, one of the two. Like, okay. But it's a yeah. The, basically, the idea that we in the West think that we have anything to to really complain about is bonkers compared to the rest of the world. When it's like we talk about now, like I had a lot of respect for the celebrities that were at least speaking up during the recent incidents or regarding Iran and women's rights in in hijabs and everything like that. The ones that spoke up, at least they're talking about something real. And they're not telling me that I'm that uh, me and Barack Obama's oceanfront properties are going to go under in 2024 when uh, when I one day get oceanfront properties. Can't wait. Wouldn't that be nice? Johnny Derp said modern Hollywood is going to be a gold mine for the future iterations of uh, MST 3K style shows. Uh, wait, yeah. what does that stand for? Mystery Science Theater. 3000. Oh, oh, duh. Sit back and let the cringe flow. That yeah. is all. Like That's the, true. There will be an era, like a uh, time will pass and there will be a, a clarity of yeah. perspective. After the nuke. Uh, well, <laughs> not just that, but, uh, but uh, disavow, <laughs> disavow. But like um, there will have to be a, a passage of time for people that just weren't there for it. Yeah. Like we talked about this before. Like imagine watching a movie 20 years from now and people are wearing masks and the kids in the movie are just like, what the why like like there's there's random scenes of people wearing masks or there'll be humor about how standing six feet apart doesn't really do anything and why do i have to wear a mask to walk through a restaurant and then not wear it when i sit down like there those movies will get made by brilliant artists in the future we just have to get through it now and the worst part will be when they get made all the people that were hysterical now will pretend that they weren't mm. yeah they'll be like oh my god i was like so against it like I like I was like every day I was walking out and I was shaming people in masks. I'm like, no, you the were shaming is you were shaming people that weren't wearing masks. Biddy Beastly said, uh, "Mary, what characteristics do you want in a female lead protagonist? How are they different in various genres? Action, romance, comedy? Do you have a favorite female lead? Why is it Uma Thurman? I don't know why you would assume that my favorite female lead is Uma Thurman is mm -hmm. not." Uh, we we missed a couple. Really? Uh, we have one from BD Beasley that says, "Say what you want about wrestling." We didn't read that one. Um, say what you want about wrestling, but you can't. Oh, fake oh I'm being... sorry. I was reading it from the wrong person. Yeah, but you can't fake being thrown 16 feet off Hell in a Cell by the Undertaker in 1998. So freaking awesome. Also, both of Mick Foley's early biographies are really really good. Uh, Foley is good. Uh, and blood, sweat, and tears, like uh, blood, sweat, tears, and sweat socks, or whatever. Blood and sweat socks is all. Both of his books are really, really, really good. Or it's called Three Faces of Foley. It's kind of this like late '90s earnest writing about you know back at a time when there was far more of a veil around that industry. Mm -hmm. And he's a very he's nuts on Twitter now. He's a he's a social justice yeah, lunatic yeah, now. But yeah. he was always a good guy. So I could see you getting like. I love how you always preface that like. You say like he's nuts on Twitter, but, but you know you but, know exactly who is nuts on Twitter. Yeah, well, I'm on Twitter and I don't even know that. So um, like he's he's fantastic. Also, I posted a fantastic meme in my uh, in my story today. It says the Under Draker, and it's the it's like a Drake mixed with the Undertaker like <laughs> Photoshop. It's amazing, amazing guys. That so, up, I'm not reading that. And then the question about female leads came from Johnny Wolfblood. I'm sorry, I misread that. 
Um, yeah, my favorite female lead is not Uma Thurman. I actually wrote a piece for Evie a couple of years ago saying that uh, Cher Horowitz is like the best female lead, in my opinion, because she is able to admit her faults, but she starts out as like being incredibly superficial, which I find relatable. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. What, what traits should they have across genres? I mean, That's mainly very... I would just find it refreshing to uh, see a woman who acknowledges her need for a man or her need for support from other people because what? women are other-oriented and less individualistic. It's funny. When I when I look back through my list of, of strong, independent women in television, that tends to be where the connection is, where what allows you to... Uh, connect with most of them is that they, it's not that they're not Mary Sue's at their job. Most of them are really, mm -hmm. really almost suspiciously good at whatever they do. But with a television show where they've been that person for a long time, that makes sense because you're not telling the story of how they got that way. But the conflict and the relatability comes when they don't have, they're not good in their personal life. And, when self-reliance uh, yeah. leads them to... Uh, downfall there's a lot of examples in shows like that that are very very good uh it's women in law enforcement or women doing this or uh, some females uh sci-fi character and they're they're great at whatever they do but they're not necessarily the best at uh picking a man or they don't have a family or they don't have this or that sure. and sometimes it's even better if they're like uh if they're characters that have a family and maybe they're not the best mm -hmm. like they're trying to figure it out that was uh i mean that's a pretty common trope as well Mm -hmm. Like um, the examples I would give are ones that nobody would <laughs> have uh, have thought uh, have like heard of because they're too they're too stupid. Like, you yeah. know what show did really well with like that, uh, like uh, differentiating male from female mm -hmm. and even race uh, was Scrubs. I don't know. You, oh, you, like how um, it handled yeah how it handled the, that type a of lot thing. of that wouldn't yeah. be made nowadays no. too. Also, uh, an example of here here's an example. Here's a funny one of one that is an example of an awful character, but I love it anyways. Is the show Unforgettable, starring uh, it was the lady who played Samantha Spade on Without a Trace, but um, uh, Poppy Montgomery, mm. and she she has an eidetic. Uh, she has the the condition where you can remember everything that's ever happened to you, mm. and it's a, that's the trope of the show. But she's like I love that actress because she was great and without a trace but on the show she's insufferable but almost like you're programmed because you like the actress like I can make it through parts of it and like she's too good at her job she's annoyingly glib she she's not really good in romance but she's snarky about it so it's not endearing either like it works still but it's only because I have a, a are they playing it as if she's supposed to be like she's I, like, I don't know. Okay. I was never so it's not like Dr. House-esque where it's like... No, it kind of is. But oh, it's okay. like... And I kind of make those like that doesn't always... That's a lot harder for women to mm. pull off than men in those cases. Mm. Like it's harder to buy that in, in women care in female characters than it is male characters. Mm. But it's like... It's the way she would talk to a lot of people in the show because it's annoying when somebody has a condition that she didn't work for, meaning she was born with this condition to remember everything that she's ever experienced in her life and then uses it as like a way to roast people... Like, that's not funny. It's not fun. That's mm. just kind of annoying. But I still like the show. Makes no sense. Um, I don't know if I should read that next one from Bad App. That's up to you, Brett. Oh, uh, let me see. Uh... <laughs> Shimmy Shelley said, Salty Brett needs baguette. Uh, he wants to go... <laughs> Um, we're not. Yeah, let's let's. We're not playing. That. We're not playing that game, my friend. 
<laughs> I love how a Spotify listener would just be like, what the F was that? Big Dave sent us 99 cents without a message. Thank, Thank you. you, Big Dave. Potatoes for Seamus said, any special guest for tomorrow? Well, not tomorrow because tomorrow's Thursday. Not tomorrow, but on Friday. Yes. I think that you guys have something to look forward to. Yes. Well, and it's been announced on. on tomorrow, her. though, I, I think we might have a guest you haven't seen before. To be determined. Yes. Let's move oh, on. Actually, I want to address uh, Dragon's Talent 1001 oh, yeah? says, Body of Proof, Dana Delaney's character. Her home life is a mess, and she, is, uh, she has to leave being a surgeon because of nerve damage. Uh, that show is freaking fantastic. It's uh, Jeffrey Arendt, like, early on, but, like, like he, met Christi- he married Christina Hendricks, and, like, they mm. met on that show. And Dana Delaney is an example of an actress who does have the charisma to pull off being kind of annoyingly really good at her job, but it's not like she doesn't want to teach people around her. And her home life is an absolute disaster. Like, her issues with her mom, her mom is a judge. That show is really, really good. It only got three seasons. It also has uh, some of Jerry Ryan's funnier work in that she's, like, a an extra character and she's clearly like it, it feels like they played against types like in the in this show almost any other time they did it Dana Delaney's character would have played the Jerry would have played Jerry Ryan's character and Jerry Ryan would have been the lead but they went a different direction mm-hmm. but very very good show uh, only a couple of seasons it's an easy watch all right let's move on it seems like Mindy Kaling has officially entered her anti-woke era so we're I'm, gonna get into it i'm by the way guys i'm vehemently against the the uh the joke or the term in my air in whatever in era. blank era I mean, like no i i like it because it's a generational thing but yeah. you know you do you brett yeah. so mindy kaling went on good morning america and said the following about the office she said, the writers who I'm still in touch with now, we always talk about how so much of that show we probably couldn't make now. Tastes have changed, and honestly, what offends people has changed so much now. I think it actually is one of the reasons the show is popular, because people feel like there's something kind of fearless about it or a taboo that it talks about. She also said that her character on the show, Kelly Kapoor, would have quit Dunder Mifflin to become an influencer and then probably be canceled almost immediately. And actually, most of the characters on that show would be canceled by now. I don't think it's brave. It was brave because at the time it was just the norm. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you guys. That is so nice. This is such a like calm sound compared to the the air horns before. Let's never get rid of this. Like we'll just keep Santa sounds all year round. Yeah. Or ho 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 happy, and then just like insert random holiday of that month. Ho ho ho, just merry Fourth of July. Completely random. Ho ho ho, merry Passover. <laughs> as long as you do the voice for it. Thank you guys. So we know that. You know, the office made jokes about race and ethnicity and sexual orientation and workplace harassment, all of that. That's stuff that screenwriters today are afraid to touch upon, even when it's a joke made at the expense of yeah. the ignorant character. But you can see that in the office, it's it's funny because these jokes are at the expense of characters who embarrass themselves, Michael Scott being one of the biggest examples, they embarrass themselves by behaving ignorantly or like being tactless, lacking self-awareness. That's why we find it funny. Not because we necessarily agree with all of the things that he says or does. This is a huge problem 
in modern day criticism for a lot of these types of shows is that they mistake liking somebody saying something in a funny way on a TV show with Mm -hmm. being like an ardent supporter of whatever that comment is. There is a huge difference between actually understanding that something is funny for that reason Mm -hmm. and doing so because you agree with what they're saying. It's like the the blazing saddle. Yeah. uh, Paradox. And we're (laughs) we're allowed uh, to find a character like Michael Scott still redeemable and lovable despite the fact that he made tactless errors in the show. It's also funny because I watch, like I said, I watch mostly old stuff and it's very interesting to see how much more writers seem to believe that people were redeemable back in the day right. than they do now. Like I watch a lot of I mean, old, what else is the point? Like, you know? Yeah, like I watch a lot of old uh, cop shows in which the characters can be pretty brutal and uh, either misogynistic or racist or mm. say things, but... It's always done in the context of an episode where it's supposed to fit the theme. And it's understood that you're more than that. You're more than just what you said one time in one example. Maybe in some of those examples, it could be more egregious. And you're like, okay, that's just inconsistent writing. Like, why is this character that never said anything like this suddenly talking like this when it doesn't fit? Especially when they try to get topical uh, and they insert themes into something. And then one character just happens to have off-the-wall beliefs that you re- that you understand that in the real world would have presented themselves beforehand before it because it wasn't a script. That had to 24. Uh, in what way? <laughs> 24. I'm saying, but uh, in what way? Oh, in what way? Um, the way that people have attitude, that was around, that started in Nine, 2001. Yeah, rep, post yeah. 9, like yes. just after 9-11. Yes, and so all of a sudden there were these like horribly like bigoted anti whatever yeah. people in this industry or, or this bit. And it's like, uh, this would have reared its head earlier. Uh, exactly what you, like, that's the well, takeaway I have. Uh, what it's do you weird, mean? Like what would have like, uh, this would have, if you have this attitude and you're working in this field, you would not be in this field. Yeah. Well, it's uh, one of my favorite. This uh, would have been found earlier. There was a show that came out this year, uh, about a cop working on the border. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, I'm not sure if it was with David Arbor or somebody like that, but they, they, the, the trope of it is that like, he's a, he works at the border and doesn't speak Spanish. Like he's a border. He, he works for ice. He works on the border, but he doesn't speak Spanish. That's not a thing in the real world. It's just these people are like, look at this great way we can make this guy look like a bumbling idiot uh, if we wanted to. And yeah. uh, it's perfect for Reno 911. <laughs> uh, well, but that's in the theme that it, that it, uh, it fits. There was also somebody said, I, I'm sorry. I don't remember who said they said uh, Pam and Jim would be divorced by now. <laughs> oh, mighty Rax is that like, I even saw so many opinion pieces specifically last year saying like Jim was actually a villain in yeah, the office. Of he he preyed upon Pam's vulnerabilities well, to manipulate the, her into are, an abusive toxic relationship. Those are the it's power like, dynamic people. Like have you ever existed in like a real life social no. situation? Well, like these people seem to just crop up out of nowhere. That's take, why they're called NPCs. They take a world that is mostly gray and apply black and white logic to it that doesn't really work. Also the I, the funny thing about saying that they would be divorced, I still remember the outrage when X-Files second movie, uh I want to believe or whatever the second one was called, uh they like in the movie, like right at the beginning, there's a scene where basically like 
like Mulder's like asks her if she wants to have sex and she says sorry I'm like I've got a headache basically <laughs> and like it was such a slap in the face to a show that literally built its entire fan base on people loving <laughs> the amazing chemistry between these two actors and you're like what in God's name sorry uh, would uh, was Chris Carter thinking to bring the movie back in like 2008 or it was a little bit later than that and make your first in- reintroduction to these characters where they're like sick of each other and they can't <laughs> stand being around each other it's like subverting expectations su- dude it's like I, all subverting expectations really is it's just some dude in your writing room like wouldn't it be cool if and Do you then, guys think that um, Mindy Kaling is trying to hop on a bandwagon or a grift of some kind to attempt at like being anti-woke, being edgy? Because like I saw this, I mean, here's here's the main counter argument, you know, two shows that are still running right now, South Park, they're known for making jokes about any and all controversial topics yeah. or people. And Always Sunny in Philadelphia, still running on, I believe, its 15th season. And And their pilot episode was called The Gang Gets Racist. (laughs) Clearly, they're not, you know, it's no holds barred. That's a perfect example. They are not afraid to touch certain topics. And that's a perfect example of characters you're very clearly not supposed to identify with. Like, you're supposed, like, maybe that's the problem today, right? Like, everyone's like, I need to be able to see myself in characters. Like, if you see yourself in characters from Always Sunny... You might be the problem, <laughs> like, uh, but but um, for these shows, it's just it makes no sense to me because most people don't actually see themselves as like analogs to real people. I mean, I don't know about that because like you see all of these, uh, you know, BuzzFeed quizzes yeah. that are like, which Office character are you? Which Parks and Rec character are you? Which Always Sunny character are you? Etc. Like people are interested in the relatability factor of these characters who do abhorrent and ignorant things because everyone makes missteps like that and the scenes that they show although exaggerated do happen in real life Mm. and it's hilarious because it takes your guard down i remember i don't remember if it was charlie day or who it was uh talked about how they basically have been they're grandfathered in and i've heard that show is like super politically correct now i don't know i haven't watched yeah it i i tried to look into that because i haven't watched always sunny but uh i mean maybe the fan base has just evolved over time so that they they don't realize that the show has changed mm. uh but one tweet said if it's always if it's always sunny in philadelphia is still being made the office 100 percent could be made today I like Mindy Kaling, but people need to relax with this attempted anti-woke BS. So they think she's just like hopping on a bandwagon to be trendy. I don't think those people have actually looked into just how hard it would be to make most. Like they haven't watched enough old stuff with a with a critical lens to understand just how hard it would be to make most of the stuff. Even boring old network TV NCIS would make constant jokes about sexual harassment in the workplace. Like Mm -hmm. they'd like like uh, it was a theme to like for Dinozo to like find ways to get out of the sexual harassment seminars they would do every year. Like, and he's like one of the most, one of the more complex characters that really grows up on that show. That was a CBS show, an old person network show. Mm -hmm. And they made those jokes. You can't do that stuff anymore. And that's beyond the fact that you just can't do most of it. Because if, if the thought process is already quote unquote woke, when they have to do the casting process, you've already lost because 
things have already started to prove that it starts so early and it's so infected through all levels of production that there's no way that stuff slips through the cracks in the writing departments anymore. I actually love that stuff back in the day when really crazy crap would like find their way through the, through the, through like through the cracks in the writing there's a really funny episode speaking of that of that show of like ncis los angeles it has like a radicalized leftist berkeley professor who like quotes chairman like chairman mao and stuff like that and i'm like how did this get through legal like there's no way they would have allowed this nowadays because we all know and his like conclusion is basically is like you can take me out of uh out of commission but you don't know how many minds i poisoned along the way i'm like they're being weirdly honest right now. We, we watched that episode on Thanksgiving. Really? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. That, like it's, it's really good. Like the name of the group was like named after Mao, like Mao Zedong or something like that. It's like I was like watching. I'm like, were the writers out sick that day, yeah. and they hi- had to hire like a it's just a, a, a broken Joel writers' Cernow. room is right twice yeah. a day. Yeah, they had Joel Cernow write that one. Yeah, the one right wing writer. Like, of course, <laughs> people would be drawn to content that dramatizes or trivializes things that happen in office culture that's something that is universal to all adults right yeah and now like i'm sorry reality offends you like it shocks me the type of replies that this uh this article was getting one person just quote tweeted it and said shut up shut up shut up shut up shut up cancel culture isn't real cancel culture isn't real cancel culture isn't real cancel culture isn't real like they just are rocking back and forth in the corner of the insane asylum telling themselves that you know sensitivities haven't changed that but they have itself is it like a parody of itself? Yeah. It's it's like also, you're doing it right now. Yeah. She didn't even do anything. Like you're the person yeah. running sensitivity yeah. training yeah. in the office that is it's like, like the culture the we have right You did the right thing. Now. Like this, this, ca- this culture that is like really a lack of culture because we're not sustaining ourselves. Is this is the cancel culture in the room with you right now? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like uh, it also, it's funny, that term is becoming like conspiracy theorists. It's just yeah. like a, you, you throw it out as like a, like a, it, it like just somehow like makes your argument invalid. And like, by oh, the way, well. if you have a problem with uh, Balenciaga or Adidas, you're QAnon. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm tired of the weaponization of language in, in all examples. This mm-hmm. is such a trivial thing and it got people so angry because she's just pointing out a truth. The, uh, the, yeah. And that is, it's funny. That was like that phrase that you just used is something that was very big for me early on. Like when I wanted to do this podcast was like the weaponization and the changing of language. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just, <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> the emphasis you put on cast yeah, and on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Continue. Continue. I'm being shamed right now. <laughs> no, I thought it was I adorable. I, I, Quite I'm sorry. Frankly, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, Go ahead. Go I'm ahead. calling quits. I quit. No, 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 no. more no. sincerity from say. Brett. When I agreed to do this podcast, I, I this podcast. I'm just it's saying cool. that um, the effort by society, Hollywood, and cult, uh, to change the culture around language in general mm. is very, very bad because it makes it harder. It obfuscates our discussions with everyone. It's why I talk a lot about. Um, you know, normies don't know this stuff is going on, and it doesn't matter even if they did, because if uh, even if they did know what was going on, everyone's language in uh, lexicon would be so different based on what you define something as. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you're not ever arguing about the same thing anyway. Talk about like literally ask somebody about the definition of racism. Go to five different people, you'll get five different definitions mm-hmm. now. Uh, whether they believe anti-racism is a thing, is it just racism? Is it anti-racism? Uh, if you can't settle on one solid definition for anything, nothing gets fixed, and that's mm-hmm. the point. Yeah. So. Yes. Yeah, 
remind this is interesting remember when there was a um you might not but uh like six seven years ago now and um jordan peterson got in all that trouble for using the term social enforcement when this is exactly like what the principle he was talking about is what the people demonizing him are doing. We're going like, to socially enforce that. You can't talk about social enforcement. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, Oh, that's literally they're like that idea is literally like a, a fascist um, uh, way to live. And it's like, but that's what you do. That's yeah. like, that's how you live. That's why we have these terms. That's why like, it's the same thing. It's like, we're going to, uh, mock the, like you said, the, uh, flyover people yeah. for their religious beliefs and not realize that everybody that is demonizing it has their own religious beliefs. Yep. And that's what this is. That person screaming something over and over is literally like, Hail Mary. Like, I, I, have to, I have to real. absolve myself from even reading this. Like, that's, well, it's just, I think that's just petulant, childish behavior. Yes. But also, did you see the thing? There was like a clip. I don't know how old it was of Jordan Peterson this week. He goes, do you know why I hold my, uh, how I got rid of all of the people who protest at my events? I hold my talks at 8 a.m. Because I know they, how I got these. Because they don't want to. Because nobody, nobody will like who he's like. Nobody who hates the uh, the amazing super Nazi wants to come and protest at 8 a.m. Mm. That's freaking genius, right? So, uh, I but it, it's it's weird because shows like this, like you can say that they won't get made, they won't get made, but that doesn't make it bad. Like I don't like it when you go like that's still a problem too. Is the uh, the the attempt to go back and apply today's modern lens with stuff that's 40, 50. 60 years old or the, or, or the office, which is 10 years old, 15 years it has old. has not been that long. No. And it's, it's funny because Mindy Kaling is only pointing this out on complete accident. We know that she is part of the problem when it comes to the, the sensitivities of our culture changing yeah. as she is the face of the new, like gay, non-white yeah. redefinition of Velma from Scooby-Doo. Mm. Like she is all for, and in this camp, of being obsessed with identity and, uh, you know, telling the audience that certain entertainment is not for them. She not is like one of the faces you. of that. It's not yeah. boring. She's, she's almost made a thing. name off of that. Yeah. So she's only pointing this out because it's completely accidental. Yeah. So, all right. Um, also, guys, I do want to uh, point one thing out before we go is that HBO Max and Discovery with their merge, they're changing their name. <laughs> so it says... Just uh, Max, Yeah, basically they're just going to call that. it Max. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. We'll have to see. Uh, so that's Dumb going, decision. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I'm very interested to see where it goes because I actually like HBO Max as a streaming service. Mm -hmm. It's just... Uh, it's going to happen. So, all right. Wesley, thank you very much, my friend. Uh, we got some, do we have some super chats? Uh, no. Oh, all right. Wesley, let everyone know they can find you. Or actually, let them know what's going on with the, with the blog. Let them know where they can't find you also. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't find me on Truth Social. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so, the blog, we're working on some Christmas stuff. I know it's been a while since we put out the Coronemic episode, but um, we had some things happen here recently that took all my time. Very busy. Yes, uh, with a certain guest. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of time. But, uh, no, we've got we've got special plans with special guests. Look forward to that. There will be a Christmas party episode yes. as well. So you'll have two Christmas specials. So if you like the behind-the-scenes stuff, you'll be happy. If you don't, sorry. If you like the scripted stuff, you'll also be happy. And if you don't, sorry. But um, uh, to everybody out there is watching and commenting, I appreciate it very much. We're trying very hard. This is a hard thing to produce. Um uh, and we're, we're working on it. Everything we don't like about it, we're working on it. You're right. All right, man. Yeah. Thank you. 
Mary, where can they find you? Well, thank you for watching this podcast. Thank podcast. you for that. I'm, <laughs> I'm never going to live that down, guys. On Popular Culture Crisis, <laughs> you can find pictures of me on Instagram at Mary Archived. You can also read my inane thoughts on Twitter at Mary Archived. I'm on Parlor if you care. That's Mary Archived, too. Um, yep, that's just about it. All right. I didn't know you were on Parlor. I am, yeah. barely. <laughs> All right. All right, guys, uh, if you could, please like the video, uh, like the, the episode, like all the videos that we release every single day. Subscribe to the channel. Leave comments on the videos. It really does help us in the algorithm. Thank you very much. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram, at Brett Dasovic, for the show, Monday through Friday. Uh, we got one more. Ooh. Go for it, Mary. Overdressed said, I love Cast Castle. I'm looking forward to every episode. Oh, that's Oh, you made Wesley's day. Yeah. Perfect. Much appreciated. Uh, all right, guys. So I almost, I almost said 8 p.m. again. I almost, I almost said 8 p.m. We, we do not go live we, at 8 p.m. We go live at 3 p.m. Eastern, we noon go Pacific live at 8 time. 8 a.m. to avoid yes. the protesters. Yeah, we are here. <laughs> 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. Uh, yes, we don't want the protesters here. Uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. If you'd like to listen rather than watch, we are also on social media. We're on Twitter, at PopCulture underscore show. Facebook and TikTok, at PopCultureCrisis. And on Instagram, at PopCultureCrisisPod. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye, Bye Roger. Bye. <laughs>